Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications. Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Degnan. This week, we're going to get an update on what's happening with the Toys for Tots campaign. Marine Staff Sergeant Jean will be here to give us those details. We're also going to meet the co-chairs for the United Way Wyoming Valley 2019 campaign. Alana Roberts and Tom Makowski will be here. But first, David Freed, U.S. Attorney for the Middle District of Pennsylvania, joins us. He has an update on Operation Safe Neighborhoods. It's always nice to have the U.S. Attorney for the Middle District of Pennsylvania join us, and it's even better when you join us with great news. Thank you. It's great to be here, and uh, you're right. In in the position that I hold, uh, often we're talking about bad news. Uh, things that, that people do to each other, uh, and and uh, you know the heroin and opioid crisis and, and, and violent crime, uh, and that's the nature of the business. But uh, recently, uh, the Justice Department was able to report that the revitalized Safe Na- uh, Project Safe Neighborhoods program has contributed to a drop in violent crime uh, across the country of almost 4%, which is... doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. It is. And it's very interesting because this program is modeled on the original Project Safe Neighborhoods program under the uh, George W. Bush administration uh, years ago. And uh, that is seen and held up as one of the most successful programs uh, that has ever been utilized to reduce violent crime. And the numbers are almost the same. Uh, it was about a, a 4% drop uh, under that program as well. So when Jeff Sessions came in as attorney general, and with his background, you know, he was a senator before he was attorney general, but before that, he was a United States attorney. He was a, an assistant United States attorney. He was an attorney general in the state of Alabama uh, and, and was very concerned about increased violent crime throughout the country, murder rates going up mm-hmm. uh, everywhere. So the 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 linchpin of all the criminal justice strategy uh, for the department has been revitalizing project safe neighborhoods and putting the onus uh, not that it's as much of an onus on the U.S. attorneys to get out there uh, forge local partnerships and you know, work with our federal state and local partners identify the areas of greatest need dedicate assets to those areas and, and try to have an immediate in, an immediate impact. In the Middle District of Pennsylvania, that really dovetailed with a violent crime reduction strategy that was already in place, focusing on certain places, City of York, City of Harrisburg, Williamsport, uh, and locally here, mostly centered around Wilkes-Barre. And we have incredible partnerships, as you and I have discussed before. Uh, they're really starting to pay dividends. We take a broad view 
of Project Safe Neighborhoods in the Middle District of Pennsylvania. And you'll see when you look at our releases on cases that we're doing, many, many cases are identified as part of the Project Safe Neighborhoods I program. would say almost every one that I've seen. Because almost all of the crime that we're dealing with, the, the, the street crime that we're dealing with, you know, drugs and guns, are violent crimes uh, by nature. Drug dealing is inherently violent business. I'm not talking about two people exchanging small amounts of drugs. I'm talking about the large-scale dealers that we go after with our, with our federal partners and our local partners. The standard equipment for a drug dealer uh, includes firearms. And those are the kind of cases we're focused on uh, in, in our Project Safe Neighborhoods program. And you see it day after day. Uh, there's an impact there. We're focused on the most violent offenders and trying to have an immediate impact. And once again, just for the benefit of our listeners who might not be familiar with Project Safe Neighborhood, can you give us an idea of how it works? Project Safe Neighborhoods program is designed to bring groups together uh, to use data, advanced data techniques, and whatever information we, we can gather to figure out where the violent crime hotspots are. And that's where public participation, to me, is, is critical. Uh, because we're gathering data from local departments. We're working together with local departments. And a lot of the outreach that we're doing is out there on the streets, talking to folks in the neighborhood. And, and those are great opportunities to get out there in the neighborhoods, talk to the people in the neighborhoods, and say, you know, what's going on here? Now, the, when you say we, does that mean you? That includes me, local law enforcement, federal law enforcement, police chiefs, Oh. mayors, U.S. attorney, uh, uh, local police, and they've been very successful because this is not an exaggeration. There, there are, are neighborhoods in this district. Now, frankly, we don't have a lot of them, fortunately, but there are neighborhoods in this district where, where, where people don't want to come outside. They don't want to send their kids outside to play, in particular because of drug dealing and gun violence in those neighborhoods. And when we go to those neighborhoods, what we're hearing from the folks there and Remember, and I say this all the time, even in what people would consider the worst, and I'm doing air quotes here, the worst neighborhood, the vast, vast majority of people are law-abiding citizens who just want to live their lives uh, and be safe. And the people tell us we need more law enforcement in the neighborhoods. They're not saying there's too many police here. They're saying we need more police because Mm -hmm. when the presence is here, we feel comfortable coming outside. We feel comfortable sending the kids out to play. So it really is from the ground up that information that, that we're receiving, the information that we receive from the locals. Data can be a great thing, but who really knows what's going on? It's the cops on the street mm-hmm. uh, that we can say, where, where are the hot spots? And then we can, we can focus on those areas. Luzerne County, uh, under, under the, the great leadership of, of District Attorney Stephanie Salavantis, just received a, a, an additional grant mm-hmm. uh, from the Bureau of Justice Assistance to focus particularly on, on gun violence. So that is only going to enhance the partnership that we already have. And a lot of times in a neighborhood, it only takes one location that can attract everything. So that's why there are so many others. But that's all you need. If you look around the country, and it's, it's, it's similar here, uh, and, and if you have enough uh, of, of a data set to make a determination of, about where the hotspots are, you'll see that, that shootings take place often in a very small area involving a very small group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Middle District of Pennsylvania, you know, we talk about gangs. Uh, they're generally more 
organized by, by neighborhood affinity or relations. Now, certainly there are what I will call made, you know, in the mafia term, made gang members uh, that operate in this district, but they generally uh, uh, interface with uh, groups that are already here, and they're loosely organized, but they're organized. And it's, it's those small groups that we need to focus on. When we talk about uh, especially areas, this area might be a little bit different than some of the other areas because of the, the traffic. So the Middle District of Pennsylvania is the keystone of the Keystone State. The uh, uh, interstates that you just mentioned, uh, where, where I live in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania Turnpike and, mm-hmm. and, and Route 81, uh, routes 11 and 15. I was just discussing this with, with my counterpart, the U.S. Attorney in the Western District of Pennsylvania, who's based in Pittsburgh, Scott Brady. And that district is similar to this one in the sense that it goes from the southern border of the state all the way up to, he goes from you know, West Virginia up to, to Lake Erie. But we share Route 80. Mm-hmm. We share the Pennsylvania Turnpike, uh, as we do with our, with our colleague in the east. And the trafficking of drugs and contraband and and illegally uh, obtained proceeds is constant. Uh, and that has an impact not only on what's coming through the district, but also on drugs being being shipped into the district. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a, a, a somewhat unique uh, demographic makeup here with a lot of people who have here been established for a long time. Immigrants, uh, both legal and illegal, coming into the community. And what we're really seeing now, and I want to be very clear, I don't think you can separate the drugs and, and the violence, not the large-scale drug activity no. and the violence. And we're not talking about people with substance use disorder, those people we want to get help. We're talking about dealers. And you, you can't separate the, those, those two activities. And we see so much of that coming in from outside the district, setting up shop, what we're seeing a lot of now, if you follow the news, you see heroin deaths and, and opioid deaths are going down generally. Mm-hmm. We're sort of in a holding pattern. In There's this, been an impact. In this part yeah. of the district, but generally yeah. fentanyl deaths are up. And this, is, this tracks what's going on nationwide. And we are seeing more cocaine and methamphetamine coming into the district. The, the drug organizations are trying very hard to establish a market for methamphetamine. Meth is cheaper to make and it's more profitable for them. So we see meth involved with a huge percentage of our cases now. That's a new concern that we have because we can really see uh, that that the cartels, the organizations are trying to establish that, that market. New here. inroads. Sure. Look, people have gotten smarter, more educated. The public awareness of heroin and opioids is, is, is a great thing. Inundated with fentanyl and, and very concerned about, about the, the cocaine and meth that we're seeing come in. And along with that, just to put a bow on it, comes the violence. That's where PSN comes in because we're focused on, of course, we're focused on trying to go after those drug dealers, but we can see where the hotspots are, where the violent activity is. I know there are larger debates in the legislative arena and academia about about sentence lengths and mandatory sentences, but you know what? Taking violent people off the street has an impact on crime, and you see it with the PSN result. One of the other things that we're also seeing become more of an inroad is through the mail. Right. That's a huge issue all over the country. We're working very hard. There's a, there's a small group I'm involved in called the Heroin and Opioids Working Group, and we're working very hard on our relations with uh, the common carriers, 
UPS, FedEx, Postal Service. And, and you know, they have some, some, some different issues and concerns. You know, one publicly supported uh, uh, entity, the other purely private. Uh, and we respect that they have businesses to run. Uh, on the other hand, there are vast amounts of contraband uh, coming through all of those carriers. In the Middle District of Pennsylvania, you hit the nail right on the head. What that looks like is generally through the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, most of the action that we see uh, are packages being delivered, and, and it could be to a vacant property. It could be to a property of, uh, for example, uh, I think about um, the neighborhood where, where my dad grew up in, in Pottsville, where my grandparents lived for, for years and years, and, and uh, you know, a row of about six row houses on the hill coming down from the, from the uh, Good Samaritan Hospital mm -hmm. in Pottsville. Know exactly where you are. And, and you, you think of, uh, you know, you're, you're living there, and I think of, you know, if maybe you have a, a, somebody there who's paying a lot of attention, and, and packages delivered every two or three days to my grandmother's porch where somebody might come and, 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 and grab those. And Wait you think, for that. Why would that person be getting, you know, why, 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 would, why would Viola, who's 84 years old, uh, living there by herself, be getting all these packages all the time? So sometimes they use, use uh, other people's addresses. Sometimes they just say, hey, I need you to pick up this package for me. Uh, and, and we're fortunate in this district. Now, there's not a lot of them, but we have very capable uh, United States Postal Inspection uh, Service uh, uh, investigators who do a lot of package interdiction. We have a great partnership with the Pennsylvania State Police and their assets on package interdiction. So we're doing a lot of that. In fact, I'm working on putting together some numbers to send to the chairman of our group, and we need to get them right up to the attorney general because we're trying to emphasize what a huge issue this is. And, and look, the Attorney General and the Deputy, Deputy Attorney General are very busy people, mm -hmm. a lot, lot of irons in the fire. But those of us that are in the crosshairs of, of the heroin and opioids and, and synthetic drugs, uh, we think that we can have a real impact by working even more closely with, with the carriers and the, and, and the Postal Service. We're doing great work now, but what that means is we track the packages and we start investigations. It really hasn't impacted the packages coming through yet. Well, and again, when you're talking about neighborhoods and you have uh, sometimes in this day and age, we don't know our neighbors. Right. And our neighbors could be gone away. And But again, if you have, and I, I don't mean nosy people, I mean people who are genuinely concerned with what's going on in their neighborhood. And we all know that if we see something odd, we would hopefully reach out. Sure, if you keep, if you keep your eyes and ears open, because uh, I'm telling you, it could be the, the the smallest police department up to up up to the largest, you know, small borough or township, all the way up to you know one maybe the size of, of Wilkesbury City. And and if you make a report and say, hey, there's suspicious activity related to packages going on uh, in my neighborhood, people can certainly do that anonymously. Uh, every police officer out there, you know, police officers are usually ahead of the curve in knowing what's going on, as I said a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. They're going to take that seriously because we know that's what's happening. Uh, you know, just as uh, I think about in my neighborhood, I was driving home the other night and, gosh, I think maybe it was 6.30 or 7 o'clock, the UPS truck was still there making deliveries in the neighborhood because so many people are, are, are engaging in commerce. Exactly. Th through, through, uh, you know, through the Internet and, and deliveries. It's certainly like that in my house. Uh, and 
you know, that's sort of a normal thing uh, in my neighborhood. It might not be so normal other places, or it might be, as I said, that boy, it's really unusual that this person uh, who, who's, uh, I know, elderly and retired or that house that looks like it might be vacant keeps getting all these packages. Right. And that's those are the kind of things that, again, Project Safe Neighborhood is built on because so much of the information comes from the neighbors. Absolutely. Eighty five percent of of law enforcement is state and local. And the lifeblood of law enforcement at any level is is, is information. Mm-hmm. So the more information that we can get from, from folks who are concerned, those law-abiding citizens, you know, that vast majority of people in the neighborhoods, uh, that can only help us do better and be better. And that's, that's why you said in the very beginning, a lot of the releases that come out of your office have the Project Safe Neighborhood involvement in there. And I think that must be very gratifying because, again, as you also said, if you're anonymous— you're not looking for any credit. You're not looking to say, I'm the one who made the call. You're just looking to be able to say, we can go out and sit on the porch now. It's nice weather. Absolutely. That's amazing. Is anything else that you would like to touch on that maybe we haven't uh, gotten to yet that's been happening since the last time we talked? Well, it doesn't relate specifically to Project Safe Neighborhoods, but I was up in, in Rochester, New York at the beginning of last week, uh, and we are involved in a case along with our, our colleagues in the Western District of New York uh, that is a Ponzi scheme uh, where over $100 million was stolen. $100 million. Wow. Uh, and the scam was uh, the folks based in Rochester would go around the country, and this is in many states, buy. Uh, investment advisory businesses, uh, smaller businesses from people who were uh, getting ready to, to, to retire and then take that clientele, you know, use the goodwill the, 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 of the trusted advisor, go out to those clients and say, hey, I think you need to adjust your portfolio this way and I encourage you to uh, invest in this business. Uh, unfortunately, the businesses they encourage investment in were complete shams uh, and as Ponzi schemes go, they raised over something like $115 million over the course of the scam paid back $44 million to people, but still left a $70 million loss. Uh, and it's connected with, with a case that we have going on right now, the Diaz case, which is going to be tried soon. And then we've, we've uh, charged the leader of that scheme named Perry Santillo. He's charged here. And then the case is ongoing. But that's something interesting, I think, for, for folks to follow uh, and I think one of the great things about this district and always has been is that uh, we can do cases like that. You know, we might be seen as a medium-sized district. I know you're an outpost, you're in the middle of the state. Uh, but we were really the first office to jump on that case along with the SEC. The bad actors are generally located in, in Rochester, New York, so we work closely with our colleagues up there. Uh, but we're certainly playing a, a, a strong part in the case uh, and that's, you know, it's not Project Safe Neighborhoods, it's not violent crime, but think about that. That that's, can be just as debilitating where, you know, frankly, people's entire nest eggs and retirements are being stolen. It's and it's horrible. It's horrible. So why wouldn't you cross the lines and go to another state and, and be able to follow something? Yeah. I think that's great. I mean, and, and it's just pure greed. Uh, it, yeah. That's all it is. 
That's amazing. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to coming back and, and hopefully providing more good news. And of course, we'll look forward to having David Freed, U.S. Attorney for the Middle District of Pennsylvania, to stop by again in the near future, bringing us updates on Operation Safe Neighborhoods, as well as other law enforcement information that is working hard to keep our area safe. Now, don't go away. When we come back, U.S. Marine Staff Sergeant Gene will be joining us. He has the latest on the Toys for Tots campaign currently underway throughout our area. That's next on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Some people say we rush the holidays. Others, well, they're involved in some holidays year-round because that's what it takes when some 4,000 children might need gifts. And that's what U.S. Marine Staff Sergeant Gene is here to tell us about, how they're organized and already collecting Toys for Tots. Staff Sergeant Gene, I can't believe that you're here because it means it's almost that time of the year. Welcome. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Yes, it is that time again. It started uh, October 1st, actually. <gasps> Last year was a good year. We helped over 14,000 kids, distributed over 30,000 toys just in Northeast Pennsylvania. So it was a good year. And I'm looking forward to it again this year. How many years have you been doing this? Uh, this is my second year. That's it? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> See, I thought when I talked to you, like, you have such good information. You sa- I thought you were you were a long-time old pro at this. No, it's just since I'm doing it for the kids, I have a daughter myself, so I got to put my all into it. That's all it is. You better say hi. <laughs> Hey, Liliana. Absolutely. <laughs> when we talk about the Toys for Tots campaign, can you give us a little bit of a history and how did the Marines get involved? So back in 1947, um, Lieutenant Colonel Hendricks, his wife, that was back in California, his wife wanted, uh, had an old raggedy doll, if you will, wanted to pass it out to a much-needed uh, ch- child. But unfortunately, she couldn't find anywhere where she can either drop it off or pass it along to. So hence why she created Toys for Tots program, and ever since then, the Marine Corps took over, and we've been doing it ever since then. <laughs> what goes into it? Because, again, you mentioned California, so it's not just like this is something here in northeastern Pennsylvania. So uh, people don't. what a lot of people don't know about Toys for Tots is that I'm just a tiny, tiny piece of the pie. I only cover uh, northeast Pennsylvania. Uh, within Pennsylvania alone, we have a, a lot of uh, LCOs, which is a, a local coordinators. They can be Marines or civilians. We have total 856 coordinators throughout the country. Wow. So again, I'm just a little piece of pie, a little piece of the pie. When they get together and you're, because I know we have here in our intercom building, we have the box where people can make their donations. What are you looking for? Uh, Usually we're looking for uh, toys for the older kids, which we... People don't ever think about the older kids uh, from 9 through the age of 14. Um, so those are the things we're mainly looking for. Last year, we've, we, we've received uh, major help from the local community, uh, even monetary donations. So that way, if we didn't have the toys, we went and bought it ourselves. 
a lot of times, too, especially when you're talking about that age group, you're talking they're into the electronics. And that must be, yeah, that, that's, a, that's, a tough, that's a tough thing. Do you take things like that? Yes, we are uh, any unwrapped toys, new toys. That's what we take, and we sometimes take uh, barely used toys, uh, and we're trying to find uh, a toy that suits each kid. Um, for instance, if I have an autism kid, I'll give him something on the higher end. Last year, I had a nice guitar, and come to find out, he uh, played a guitar. Nice. So we was able to help him there. How do kids get? into the program then do you do they have to approach you or how does that work so the way it goes remember i'm only covering northeast pennsylvania it's only 20 of us in the building um we cover seven counties which some of them is two hours away mm-hmm. for instance the yoga so that's when non-profit organizations comes in uh salvation army churches so they are the middlemen they will contact me to get approval once I approve them, then the family members go to the nonprofits. They register through them. So the nonprofits come to me then with a roster. Uh, all I need really is a age and gender. A girl, two years old, a boy, five years old. Now I turn it into the warehouse to make a, a, a package for, for that uh, nonprofit. Sometimes we get uh, uh, older for 500 kids. This year alone, I know there's a Salvation Army that requesting toys for 4,000 kids. <gasps> so that's going to be a big order that we're going to have to put together. Wow. Wow. So when you say that this started October 1st, and yeah, I'm a little bit behind getting you in here to talk <laughs> about it. You're not kidding. Yeah, no, ma'am. I've been getting calls and emails since May, June. Uh, so I had to put them on hold because I have to tell them the website is down, the phones are down. Until October 1st, that's when we kick kick off. So are you in the planning of all this year-round? Yes, ma'am. Uh, so in September, uh, we do the the conference for the um, LCOs. So everybody, countrywide, even Hawaii, uh, even Puerto Rico, they come. Uh, we went to Virginia for the conference. And from there, they give us the do's and don'ts the policies and stuff and then October 1st it kicks off. Wow, that's it. And here we think we, you know, we think so much about the holidays and we hear people saying, "Oh, they don't even let the 4th of July go by." But you are up to your elbows all the time. All the time, man. But again, um I think about it that we doing it for a good cause. So, I don't mind it at all. How did you get involved? Well, when I checked into my new unit, it was just tag you it. <laughs> so I just took it over. Staff and Sergeant Gene, <laughs> report over here to toys. What? <laughs> so I just took it and made it my own, pretty much. That's wonderful. What did? What is your background? Because again, a, a lot of people and my, my it has to be my favorite holiday commercial. <laughs> the Marines that put the toys under the tree, and you see them walking away with the back. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm getting all verklempt here just talking about that. But when we think of Marines, we think of, you know, the other one where the Marine is so staunch and opens his hand and takes the list. But it it just says something. What was your background before you got into all of this? Uh, before I got into uh, uh, Toys for Tots, um, joined the Marine Corps back in 2009. 
then went did two years overseas in Japan. From there, I came to North Carolina, then went to South Carolina as a drill instructor. Then I checked up here to Wyoming, Pennsylvania as an INI staff. INI is inspector instructor. So we work with the um, reserve component. When I checked in here, they just <laughs> threw me into the flame and I had to adjust to it. Well, I must say you're doing an awesome job because, as I said, we had you here last year and we're, it's glad, we're glad to know that we are one of the drop-off locations because anything that we can do in order to, we're a little bit off the beaten path, but again, it's it's just gives us the opportunity to say that we're here. What if someone who is listening would like to be a, a drop-off station or somehow get involved? What can they do? So anyone that's listening, um, I want to say go to, to, to the website, toyswithtiles.org. From there, what they must do is find their local campaign. Once you click on find local campaign, it will direct it will only ask you two questions your state and your county um from there uh if you choose luzerne county uh it will bring you to me and all the contacts info is on there anything and everything you need to know is on the website how to become a drop-off site how to become a non-profit how to request a toy how to make donation everything is on the website that's just so amazing anything else that you would like to leave with our with our uh, listeners today uh yes ma'am uh well, this year, Toys with just got harder for me um, because I covered only Luzerne North, but uh, it was just dropped on my lap that now I'm can't, I'm also uh, taking care of Luzerne South. So what does that mean? That uh, my scope just got broad, wider, if you will. Um, so I will also go down to Bloomsburg oh. area. So if you one of those people that's out there... Um, now, I'm your coordinator, so if you need anything, again, you go to the website, toysfortots.org, and find your local campaign, and we'll make sure we take care of you. Well, you know why they did that? Because you are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I try to do my best, man. Thank it's you. amazing when you can make a Marine blush. <laughs> Staff Sergeant Gene, thank you. And again... Give us that website so everybody knows how to find you. It's toysfortots.org, and from there you got to click on Find My Local Campaign. Thanks again to U.S. Marine Staff Sergeant Gene for giving us all the information on Toys for Tots. And yes, you can stop by the Intercom Building on Route 315 in Pittston Township and drop off a toy for this year's campaign. Speaking of campaigns... There's one underway in the Wyoming Valley for the United Way, and the co-chairs are here. Stay with us. Next on Special Edition, the 2019 co-chairs for the United Way Wyoming Valley campaign are here. The United Way of Wyoming Valley. There's already been a big kickoff, so now there's a big campaign. Alana and Tom are here. I'm going to start with Alana. Because they called on me. Is that how you got to be a co-chair? I don't remember it exactly like that. <laughs> However, I am that energetic about being a co-chair for this campaign. Uh, Tom and I together, uh, we've done a lot for the community up till this point, And this is just a really exciting thing for us to do now for the rest of the year. Why did you feel that it was such a good thing for you to get involved? 
I grew up here. Uh, my kids are, are now growing up here. And uh, the United Way is specifically focused on eliminating childhood poverty. And, and that is something that through my work at PPL and other things that I'm involved in, um, I see as a, a really troubling thing. And so we can be very impactful with this campaign and, and our energy together, Tom and I, along with the staff of the United Way and um, the organizations that are supporting us, uh, different employers in the region, we can really make a difference through this campaign. Tom, she's given you quite a good build up here now, so it's up to you. We've both been involved through our companies, uh, Borton Lawson as well, in, in many community things, but this was a calling we couldn't say no to. It's about volunteering for allocation to all of the United Way agencies that they normally do, but indeed, on top of that, we've created our own direct programs for the United Way to fight childhood poverty, and Alana and I just felt compelled to do it. It's about changing the quality of life in Luzerne County and hopefully making a difference in all these young kids' lives, which are going to make them uh, a much better person and give them the opportunity to get an education and to move on to other things, which is going to just raise the quality that we have in Luzerne County. When we're talking about the United Way campaign again, it's a big undertaking. When you say Luzerne County, you're you're talking whole county. The Wyoming Valley is pretty much all of the school districts that we are we are trying to make a difference in. We're already in six different schools and 13 buildings doing a lot of these programs, but we uh, we allocate money to a lot of the regular agencies that people think about when they think about Head Start or they think about CYC, YMCA, uh, all of the Jewish community. Uh, we allocate money as well as do these direct programs, which make a difference in the Wyoming Valley. Alana, give us a little bit of, be a name dropper. Tell us exactly where in Luzerne County these funds are going, because I think people can relate when they hear, oh, wait a minute, that's me. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the places that that we've been a few times now this year since we started co-chairing the campaign is Kistler Elementary School. So we recently had uh, an ice cream party for them uh, to celebrate kids who had read six or more books over the summer. So beyond allocating to partner agencies, the United Way itself has developed some some programs. Um, One of them is called Nurses Pantry. That's at Kistler Elementary as well, along with uh, many other schools. But Nurses Pantry provides um, items for kids that help them uh, with self-esteem, but also help them to be able to attend school. So basic things like shampoo, conditioner, deodorant, lice kits, um, clean uniforms. Maybe th- maybe they don't have um, clean uniforms that they're able to go. Some of those things, we were hearing feedback that that was actually keeping kids out of school. And with education, you know, Basically, you have to show up first. If you're not there, you can't. You don't have access to that education. So attendance really matters. So um, that's one location that that Tom and I have been involved with in the last few months. But again, our our footprint. Um, our reach is throughout uh, the school districts and, and the community agencies in Luzerne County. Yeah, right now we're uh, we're in six school districts in Luzerne County. We're about 13 buildings and providing these these things. One of the other programs that we're running is called uh, Loads of Love. Uh, we actually, United Way, is provi- are providing washers and dryers to some of the schools. Schools provide the plumbing and then volunteers, and these kids get their clothes washed, which is something that, believe it or not, makes a difference in whether they, they attend school every day. I've never heard of that before. It's, a, it's an excellent program. Procter & Gamble provides laundry detergent. The schools provide the hookups. The United Way purchases the commercial washers and dryers and volunteers at the school wash the clothes. And so, you know, a basic thing like clean clothes uh, won't be something that keeps kids out of school thanks to the United Way program. Yeah, and 
Keeping kids out of school, Paula, is really important to make sure that they don't fall into other things that could cause them problems, especially about being there for their education. Because I think we think if they get a basic education, they will move on to other things and become a really positive impact on society. So, I mean, we look at our kids and we think about how, how grateful we are for what we can give them. But there are so many kids living in poverty in, in, in Luzerne County you would not believe uh, what these programs do. Yeah, last year the United Way um, had an impact in the lives of 17,000 children in, in the Wyoming Valley through not only the United Way specific programs, but partner agency programs. And there is one that I'm, I get excited about, if you'll allow you know, to talk about, but it's the Dolly Barton Imagination Library. Yes. So you're familiar. Yes, I am. Okay, so we are, um, through that partnership now, which has been in existence a few years, um, from birth to age five, a child receives in the mail a book a month. And so these, these are kids who probably don't have a, any other book or may not have another book. And so through this program, they're, they're given age-appropriate books to be able to develop um, their sense of learning and their kindergarten uh, readiness. So um, we are certainly impactful in that, and um, we'll be celebrating our 100,000th book handed wow. out through that program uh, wow. soon. So A lot of these kids have told us and told staff members that some of these, when they receive a book, it's the first book they've ever owned. They which can't is, believe they can keep it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. Yeah. So, so I mean, you know, these are the kind of things that maybe we don't think of in the community that's going on. I think we said that 25% of, of, uh, of the children that live in Luzerne County, uh, their families are below the poverty level, which is just incredibly astounding. And for us to be able to make a difference as a national organization with a local chapter means so much that Alana and I, we just felt compelled to be involved in this. Even with our regular jobs, we are not paid for this. Um, we felt that we, our companies, first of all, gave us the time to do this, which is just a tremendous uh, compliment to Borton Lawson and to PPL as to what we do in the community. But we give of our own time as well in evenings and weekends to be able to try to get the message out. I don't think Alana will remember this, but Tom, you might. Back in the day when it was the LUF. And we used yes, to we used to go into our classroom, and there was a chart on the wall. And every day you'd go in and you'd give a couple of pennies or quarters, and that chart the teacher would mark it up so that you finally got the red mark right up to the top. Yes, so absolutely, the donations we made through that were tremendous, and that was part of what we did for the community. This, yeah, the United Way has just become so important, and to she and I. It is just essential that we make sure we get the message out to everybody. And, and as Alana is going to tell us, I'm pretty sure it's not just money. No, absolutely, Paul. It's not just money. Tom and I are here today, and, and we work on this every day, um, and, and it's really an awareness. So we hope that we've said something that was intriguing to you that you want to learn more about. We hope that you know you can kind of feel some of the things related to this fight against childhood poverty um, that we've explained. And, and if you do, you know, check out that United Way agency. And if you can give, wonderful. Um, UnitedWayWB.org would be the website where, where you can go. Um, but help us spread the news. Help us spread this story and um, also check out volunteer opportunities too so you can find those on the website um, between the United Way itself and the partner agencies depending on where your heart is and, and where you feel like you can make a difference there are definitely opportunities yeah and uh, and and so maybe somebody so the people out there are thinking about like how do we get involved right and Lana said you can get involved in volunteer programs you can contact United Way directly what she and I are doing are going to all of the employers in the county 
uh, and talking to them about employee campaigns. That is the major source of, of, of funding for the United Way. Um, we talked to the, uh, the employers about, like, can we get a payroll deduction started? Um, people can give a dollar a pay period. And if they have 26 pay period, that's, that's $26 a year. Not a lot of money to affect their budget. But that's like one Diet Coke every two weeks. We can put a pair of shoes on a kid. So the employee campaigns are probably what we think is the essential backbone of our funding. And we're talking to many companies about running these plant, these programs. Just recently, we, we talked to a, a company last week with about 600 employees, or it was actually earlier this week, and they're gonna participate for, for the first time in a while. That could mean a major difference to us and what we can raise, even the minimal amount of money. There is no, there's no set amount. No one has mm-hmm. to give $100 a year. But if they give something, it makes a difference in how the United Way allocates the money and runs our direct programs. And when we when we talk about and and Alana, you mentioned the um, Dolly Parton, mm-hmm. the the books, and I know that a lot of people will recognize United Way around Dr. Seuss Day and some of the because then there is an invitation and people are out from the United Way and the volunteers from the United Way reading to the kids. And how much fun is that? Absolutely. We there's a program. Um, speaking of reading to kids, Real Men Read. So that's that's an opportunity for um, students to have a male role model, which many students uh, that we're trying to reach lack. I can say that at PPL Electric Utilities, we've really embraced that program because we have a lot of linemen and and foremen. So um, those are. Those are people who um, are anxious to or interested in helping the community that find their niche in this Real Men Read program and, and just can't believe um, the enthusiasm that the kids have for you know them being a guest in the classroom and being able to read a book and then also giving each child a book before they leave. Wow. And we at Borton Lawson, uh, we have about 175 employees, but everybody gets involved in this campaign. Our kickoff is next week for our employee campaign. And by the way, we run through December with this campaign. Um, we give a significant amount of money through that, through the uh, EITC, which is the program that the state runs about tax credits. A lot of companies give their money through that that manner as well. And then there's the CEOs and many of the people that can afford to give significant money, uh, and they donate independently of that. So collectively, all of those things bring us to our campaign goal to make sure that we can get these programs out to these kids. Now, do you have a goal? this year yes we is do there, is yes there we a... do we're going to raise 3.5 million dollars wow for just the, the united, united way of wyoming, wyoming valley of wyoming valley and, and alana's challenge how much 3.5 3. 5 million and a lot and a lot has also challenged us to find another hundred thousand dollars of new money so we're reaching out to a lot of other places to try to find it yeah. so if you're out there listening and you're giving uh i just want to say thank you and yeah i we, we appreciate that we'd love for you to continue to do that and i have challenged the team um not only my co-chair here tom but uh, the cabinet that assists us and the staff at the united way to um, find find some new funding to to boost our campaign this year and paula one of the other things that i think is important to mention is that um you know a significant amount of money is spent on these programs either allocation to agencies or to our direct programs uh, the United Way runs on 17% overhead as far as what we raise. So we, uh, for those that think that maybe a significant amount of money goes to the staff, 
That does not happen. I was going to ask you that. Yep. That was 17, coming up. Yep. So nonprofit agencies generally in Pennsylvania, if they are a 30% or, or below, they are running at an efficient rate. The United Way of Wyoming Valley uses 17% only. The rest of the money goes to these programs. And I think it's important people know that. So when they're donating, they're not giving to someone making some money. And again, Alana and I are volunteers. Our companies have given us the opportunity to do that. So just know that we're not spending a lot of money on staffing. We're very bare bone. It's about getting these dollars to the programs. So what if someone comes to you and says, I want to be able to donate whatever it is, and I want to make sure that my money goes to XYZ? Is that possible, that it can go right into an agency that a person might earmark? Absolutely. So if if your heart belongs with a certain cause and you want to designate that funding, that's definitely um, your choice. The United Way exists for for, um, someone who believes that the staff of the United Way um, has the best sort of uh, hand on the pulse of the community and, and can make that decision. And, and so depending on where you're at with that, you might find a comfort level in the United Way giving the, the funding or you would like to designate, but both are possible. Yes, and a lot and, a lot of I, and our companies give a lot of money to these other organizations directly. People do do that. So we understand they have other organizations that they want to take care of. Mm-hmm. They can do that directly and still give a small amount to the United Way. And even if they wanted to designate that money, they can do that as well. Uh, it's more important that we try to run our direct programs, and we do a very good allocation. But the idea is there is we just continually want to make sure that everyone understands that United Way is the umbrella charity agency in this country. We take care of all of these agencies and direct uh, support of our programs. So even though you may give a few dollars to some other organization directly that you're you're really, really interested in, you can still give the United Way a small amount, and it will make a great difference in our direct programs. I don't think you two are going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> They've already tried to re-up us for next year. We said uh, six months, we want to dedicate our lives to this thing, and I think then we may need a little rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Once again, congratulations. Thank, Thank you, you for taking on everything that you are doing. Get the word out. I'm just going to turn the microphone over to you. That's fine. Uh, listen, we, we don't mind being contacted directly. It's Tom Mikowski at Borton Lawson Engineering, and you can find us on our website, and, and Alana Roberts at PPL, and you can find her as well. The United Way staff, Alana gave you the uh, their phone call directly to the United Way of Wyoming Valley. They're, they're listed on, in the, uh, on, on the website. Uh, you can call any of the staff members, and we will get involved with your company or you individually, whatever way you want to participate, or if you want to volunteer, we can do that as well. So there are multiple multiple ways to get in touch with us, and please do so. We would never turn down the opportunity to talk to somebody about how you can help. And please know that our energy and the staff's energy, I mean, it, it, it's just in the right place. We are uh, focused on eliminating childhood poverty in the Wyoming Valley. Um, we're making a difference. The poverty rate has declined in, in the last uh, five to ten years. It's still high. Um, there's there's still a need. And, you know, the programs through the partner agencies and that United Way runs on, on their own um, are really making an impact for ch- children's lives. Tom and I see it every day. It's part of the great stuff that um, we, we get to take part in in, in this. And, and we hope that our the listeners here today uh, heard some things and, and want to be involved. And, and one more thing, Paula, that mm-hmm. Alana and I have sort of brought to the table, and more Alana than me, uh, we want to reach a lot of the younger people. Um, we know that we have a, a standard or a, a really a solid base 
of corporations and and senior executives that have been involved in United Way for many years and continue to do so. But it's really time that we reach the young professionals, the new entrepreneurs, uh, as we start to create a new generation of of United Way givers. So Alana's come up with a number of programs that she and I are going to be involved in, uh, in social media and doing other things throughout the community. Yes, to, to just try to reach some of the people that don't understand completely what the United Way is, but that would really love to get involved if they knew more. And I think and believe in, in that a lot of the young people that, that really want to help the community will find our, our venue a good way to do that. So we're going to be reaching out through December doing a lot of so I call them crazy things. Um, she's come up with so many different things. I don't know if I have time to even see my kids. And that's okay. Uh, they understand that we're dedicated to this. So we have a lot of really neat things coming up over the next couple of months that we're going to do uh, just to try to reach out to a new group of people to try to re- say, look, at the United Way is a wonderful thing. Don't have to do a lot. You don't have to give a lot, but let's get you involved. Thanks for listening to Special Edition a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. A production of Intercom Communications. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.